Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Just wanted to take a brief moment to give you guys a little idea how we do it here at Paddle and Fin Podcast. We use the Anchor.fm recording platform. Super easy, distributes our podcast to many, many different platforms. There's creation tools to allow you to record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. Check out anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com, use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your jig order. Paddle and Finn podcast. I'm Brian. It's Ricketts. Holy shnikes. Back again. Back again <laughs> after no layoff. <laughs> you know, you got to do this more than once a month, my man. You got to talk to my wife, man. She's got the honeydew <laughs> list stacked to the ceiling. You know, I spent four weeks on the garage. Uh, and then after that, she goes, I want to buy paint. I was like, paint for what? She goes, I want to paint the inside of the house. Yeah, we have five gallons of paint later, we're coming back, and next thing you know, we're patching up stuff. And she's doing the majority of the painting, man. She's she's good to go. But, um, you know, I hate painting. I'd rather be punched in the face than have to paint anything. So yeah, I I feel you on that, my man. I feel you. Did we on lose that. Chris. I think we lost Chris. I can still. Hear- 
You still there? Okay, your picture froze up. So, well, with that being said, sure. <laughs> we're gonna get a little funky in here tonight. We got none other than the Funk Master himself, Mister Mister Funk from uh, Jackson Kayaks, and uh, well, he's part of Jackson Kayaks. So let's let's do that. But he's a man of. A very tiny part. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, go that part. <laughs> he, he's a man of many talents. We were just talking about a big buck he uh, put down this week, and uh, you know he's he's known for being behind the camera. Which uh, I know you got a photo that's uh, on the front cover of the first kayak fishing quarterly magazine coming out. So that that's that made my day. That was absolutely awesome. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. So we got a bunch of stuff we want to jump in and uh, into here this evening, and uh, we'll just kick it off, man. We we always start with the old question: uh, How you got into fishing and kayak fishing in general, man? Man, I was born into fishing. My uh, my father was an avid avid fisherman, and there's pictures of me as a little bitty kid underneath the Chesapeake Bay Bridge with the the rod tied to the side of the boat because I had lost one, you know, on a trip before, and uh, he wasn't worried about losing the young, and he was worried about losing the rod. But uh, <laughs> so I, I've uh, I've been doing that forever and a day. And and for us, you know, it, I started out with after marrying my bride, well, close to 27 years ago, we started out with a canoe because it was the boat we could afford, and uh, and fell in love with it, and we were canoeists for years and years and years until my son got so big that that we really needed more room in our canoe so i bought him a kayak and uh and he paddled it by himself and you know it kind of just that that master you know the captain of my own vessel type deal you could see him light up yeah and uh and then and just one day uh my bride angie jumped in it and i saw her do the same and it was kind of like you could just see being you know in your own vessel and having your own way and 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 you could just see this 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 uh assuredness get over her in her own boat and I said, well, there goes there goes my other canoe partner. So she ended up with the <laughs> second kayak. I was actually the last kayaker in the family, um, and uh, and I, the first one I I bought, which is the reason I do my videos the way that I do, I went and found one that was rated, you know, for my fat guy, and uh, and but it was like two seventy five, you know, which is what I at the time I, that's about what I weighed, and I jumped in that thing in January, in. Uh, blue jeans and water shot up through the scupper holes and soaked me to death and i like to froze to death and i couldn't <laughs> take it back fast enough you know and uh and that and it wasn't till later that i realized no just because it says it's rated for your weight doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for your weight yeah you need to find one that's rated over what you what your big old buddy is you know um and i went down to uh, i think black creek outfitters uh down in jacksonville and forgive me if I get that name wrong, but uh, they had a Native Magic 145, 145 that was a that was their tandem solo boat, and I bought that one and fell in love with it, and uh, and and paddled it all the way up till. Thing started, and then it was more like the canoes that I loved, you know, the hybrid style boat, but uh, and then it's just been ever since then. The guy that I actually went to take the pictures for. With the Commander 140, Henry Jackson, who is our River Conservancy guy here that uh, actually cares for our river in the place now, it's it's kind of cool. We still get to work together, but uh, Henry's the one that actually introduced my son to the Jackson team, who got pulled on first, and then I was just the dad taking pictures of the kid, 
and Jackson said, "Hey, we need you too." So, the <laughs> end, end of that story there, you know. Mm. <laughs> nice, dude. Well, segue into your videos. You know, before we started the podcast, we I was telling Chris everybody knows him there's photography in his videos because if you go on YouTube and you search anything with Jackson kayak, you're going to run across your videos. It's, <laughs> it's inevitable. You know what I mean? So you, you just give that no BS review that people like, you know, you, you say, Hey, the boat's heavy. Hey, if there's one thing I could change about it, it'd be the cost, right? Cause it costs an arm and a leg. A lot of these boats do. And so what, what, why did you do the first video? Was it just because out of you want to do some fun? Was it to promote the brand? I mean, what what made you go down that path? The the first video I did, and it was it was for just promoting the brand, you know, to tell people ab about what what we were doing with them. And I I think I want to say my first one was uh, it, it might have been it was I think it may have been a big tuna. I'm not I'm not 100 percent positive which one it was. But, you know, it was just to kind of show folks about it. I mean, I had no no stage presence, if you will, and uh, nobody <laughs> ever trained me to do anything like that. And it's funny because I usually set up next to the boat landing when I'm doing them, and you get people just looking like, what is that knucklehead? He's talking about <laughs> – he's talking to a box, you know, and it, it was my camera set up with trying to keep the wind off of it. But uh, um, it's it's it, it was just a way of, of telling folks. And then – you know, when the folks started getting feedback and saying, man, I, I, I appreciate it. I like what you're doing, you know, and, and it means something to me because, I mean, don't get me wrong. We, I love Drew Gregory, but I watched enough of his videos and then fished with him enough to see that, all right, you got a guy that might be a buck 25 and he's got, he ain't nothing but muscle. They ain't an ounce of fat on him and he can, you know, balance on a, on a hard boiled egg. I mean, it, it doesn't show me anything to see him standing in a boat to fish. Yeah. Now you put a big old boy in that thing and show me what he can do, and and it'll make a difference. And and I think uh, probably most folks that do identify with what I've done, you know, they they see that hey, you know, balancing is more about the person really than it is the boat. Now a good yeah. boat will help you do that, but but it takes a lot on our part to be able to 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 stand and balance. So, uh, but if you have a, a a decent stable boat, it'll certainly make that part easier. And, uh, you got to get your sea legs. Absolutely. hundred percent. doesn't matter what platform you're on. Unless it's the blue sky. You don't need your sea right. legs on a blue That's sky. Like earth. That's like standing on earth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just pull up your YouTube channel. Your first video was on the big tuna and big rig. And it was a comparison video. Okay. Yeah. They're great boats. The, the, even the, the, Big tuna was a little too tippy for me. It felt a little wobbly, especially in the high position. But the I, big I agree. Rig, and I, yeah. you know, I paddled it. It was on my first boondoggle that I took that boat out. Yeah. And man, I was I was way across on Cars Park, and the wind came up, and I wasn't positive I was making it back. I mean, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I still get a little on the heart and the throat side when I'm in big water, which is why I love a low position in a yeah. in yeah. the boat. Yeah. <laughs> I was pure chicken over there in Panama. I'm telling you, them, them some of those waves. I got hit in the ear uh, one time with a wave I never oh saw gosh. coming, and and I, you know, I was oh, it was definitely I was a, a spooky as a long tail cat in a room full of rocking chairs. <laughs> it's it's a cool boat though, you know, it, it, with the built-in live well in the middle. I've used that live well a lot, you know. It's definitely a cool boat. It's a very cool boat, but for me, it's a little too tippy. I think. 
I think my favorite was probably the DT out of the bunch. And I know you're a big fan of that boat too. Oh, love it. And that's why I still have mine and I'm not giving it up. You know, I, yeah. I've got the new HD and, and it's a cool boat, but I, I the DT is here to stay. I'm, I'm keeping mine. Interesting. Yep. Well, very cool, man. So how long have you been a part of Jackson officially? I think officially seven and maybe eight years now. Wow. Yeah, because I came on right when the CUDA was launched. So I, you know, we 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 uh uh the my boy Ethan came in um, at that time, and then I was I was the y'all remember the glow boat the uh, um, the Illuminati boat. Um, I went up to actually photograph him at Jackson. Uh, and took pictures of that glow boat, and that was when glow, the the Jackson guy said, "Hey, wait a minute, we we need him," you know. So that was, oh wow, yeah, yeah. The the picture of of me actually in the behind that glow boat in the water, we were freezing to death. It was midnight when we took that shot, but that was the shot that everybody got to see from that boat that made them realize what it could do. Uh, I still think it was a cool boat. My brother still has a uh, uh, Illuminati Cusa. Uh, and oh, wow. the, yeah, but that was when it was, and I, I believe that was 2012. That's cool. That was <laughs> a long time ago. Yes. So how, how long have you been doing the photography type stuff? Is that pretty much when you first started getting into it? Is that like an old hobby that you've been doing or? It was, it was before that, but I actually ended up it, it, my, my family and I are, are huge air show fans. Okay. Now, cool. hold on. I, I got dogs fighting over yeah, but uh, I actually started taking pictures at air shows, and and it was that's where I wanted longer lenses to to start getting up to the airplanes. And I, I mean, I'd all, <laughs> always taken fishing pictures and stuff, and and that's and a few hunting pictures with just you know little disposable stuff, and and uh. And, and it was during that time that I started posting pictures of, of my planes and, and a few critters that I had shot on the Georgia Outdoor News Forum, which is the GON Forum was real popular at the time. And a bunch of rednecks just with cameras started challenging each other. And uh, there was a couple that were really, really good. You know, they'd, they'd sold work and, 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 and published images. And they kind of worked with those of us that were dumb as a sack of hammers and <laughs> and pulled us along to uh to to train us up and and that, that's when i actually fell in love with with shooting like i was shooting um and starting with all the wildlife and 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 other things like that and it just you know when you get a camera in your hand you just you just want to do it with everything and i'd see shots that i'd want to replicate or try to get and and learn and 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 with digital you can afford to do that because i can screw up a thousand shots and it doesn't cost me anything yeah. right 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 you know? <laughs> But uh, and that's what it was. It was just a, a slow progression of getting into that, and it turned out to be a, a pretty good blessing because you know taking taking a, a lot of pictures of, of fishing and hunting through the years. I lost my daddy you know ten years ago to cancer, but it was during that time when my 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 camera picture or my camera started really really coming out. So it, during that time, I, I got a lot more pictures of him, and which is mm-hmm. much more important to me now, you know, and and not knowing at the time that we were going to lose him. But uh, to me, it was it was a mixed blessing, you know, that I, I now I've got those images, even though it was just me playing with the camera. And it might be a you know ten inch crappy, which doesn't matter to to anybody, you know. But but that, having that picture of him with that is is special. 
Heck yeah, man. That's cool. That's cool. If y'all hear that squeaky toy in the background, I'm sorry. It's a big dumb dog over there. Oh, it's all good, man. It is all good. So you're kind of a jack of all trades, man, right? But you don't really do a lot of tournament fishing. Oh, no, sir. No. I know a lot of folks have, have, uh, have seen my, my, and I, I mean, I'm not ugly about it, man. If folks want tournament fish, you do it. But tournaments yeah. bring out a dark side of me that I do not like to be near. I mean, I, there's evil in me and it comes out in tournaments and it's not, it's not cheating. It's just, you know, it's, I want to destroy everybody and I want to, <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I don't play well. I don't compete well. I don't share my toys with others, you know, in tournaments. Yeah. And, and, and I just, I've learned to me that it's, it's one of them, uh dark sides that i don't care to be around it's too much pressure and see you gotta understand i was never overly competitive i was the the fat kid that always end up you know never getting picked last for anything other than tug of war anyway so yeah i've never been much of a team player i've never been much for competition because you know if i was that kid that was always up with two outs and uh and bases loaded and oh my god here comes chris you know that that's the way that was me and uh so I don't like competing at all. <laughs> yeah, I can relate, man. That that competitive edge, man, it just makes you be somebody else. And 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 like you said, the pressure, man. It's I don't know. I'm I'm going through some struggles right now, and you know what I'm going to do next year. And it's just like it 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 brings out the best in some. Oops, sorry, I got you there. I think I, I lost you. I saw, I saw a little blurb. It brings out the best in some folks, but it, it is definitely not the best of me. Yeah, man. Well, that's the thing, though, man. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's funny. I had a conversation with uh, with Aaron Steiger, of all people, and he goes, he was talking about the tournament on St. Clair where he took off at, like, noon. He's like, what am I doing here? I can go be with my kids, you know? He's like, "Yeah, who... Who am I trying to impress? I know I can come out here and catch a 20-inch smallmouth anytime. Like, what am I trying to prove, you know? So it's one of those things. Like you said, man, I mean, some people, you know, they're all for it. Like the Josh Stewarts and uh, Matthew Scotch, Jody Queen, you know? Oh, yeah. Guys like yep. that, you know? But at the same time, like, I'm kind of falling in line with you right now. I'm like, for what, you know, like, why do I want to stress out and put myself through that? You know, I so don't to take Hobie. naps during tournaments. Yeah. Well, I fished the Hobie <laughs> world up in Kentucky Lake that one year, you know, I went up there and I yeah. went for kayak fish, uh, to write for them, uh, about it. So I was going to go up there and just be like a, uh, their, their representative. Well, I said to me, the best way to represent would be to fish the tournament. That was the best way for me to write about it. So I, I paid my entry fee and I started fishing. And the first day I, I was in like ninth or 10th place and, and was doing well. Well, the second day I hit a school of, I call them McDonald's bass, but they're quarter pounders, you know, but it was yeah. probably 14 inch fish. But I burned three bags of wacky worms catching so many fish and I couldn't break away for those 14 inch fish. I was having so much fun. Yeah. You couldn't have knocked the smile off my face with the side grinder and I wasn't going to quit. I wasn't going to chase big fish for nothing. I was having a good old time. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, and that's the thing, like in the middle of a tournament, it's hard to leave that, you know, it's like, yeah, in a tournament situation, you want to move on and find the bigger fish, but what are you going to have more fun doing? you know, right. scratching your head, trying to find these big fish or just 
sitting there catching a hundred fish in a day, you know, like I'll yeah. take the second of the two, you know, Absolutely. And I, I'm a species chaser. So I, I love catching multiple species and, and as many as I can in a, in a year's time. And, and so I, it's, it's tough for me just to grind on bass. You know, I, I love chasing big gar. That's one of my favorite things to do around here. Um, and I, you know, of course we, we also do a little bit of eating fish every once in a while. So I, I'll chase big bluegill or crappie or whatever I can get to go in the fryer. But uh, yep. Uh, and which, you know, both in, uh, everybody hears me talk about them in a swamp. Yeah. I, I've, if, if I had a place nearby that was loaded with both in, I'd stay broke on uh white spinner baits and, and black bus baits. I would, uh, I would stay broke on them. I promise you. Yeah. <laughs> We'll touch on your your swamp fishing here in a minute, but I think the tournament thing's fun. You know, I, I like like when Brian and Jay came down to Cowan Lake. They came here in Ohio to fish. That was fun because that was more of like just a couple of bros hanging out. You know what I mean? Just just right. a group of friends, and it was more bragging rights. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, you know, Brian he comes down here and he gets lucky and he spanks all of our butts on our home water. <laughs> you know, he gets really, and, and then we had to hear about that. So of course we had to hear about that. But that's what it was, and that's what is really fun to me. It's it's I don't like to tournament fish too much, but during that, we we have it. We'll tell you about this guy in a minute. But during that same tournament. You know, I'm on the blue sky. I'm out in the lily pads. I'm like, man, I got up at 6 a.m. I'm just going to shut my eyes for a minute. I probably dozed off for 45 minutes, you know, sunbathing. I, I took my sandals off and was just soaking it up, you know, in the middle of the tournament. In that same tournament we had, that's when Eldridge took a pizza break. <laughs> <laughs> so our, our buddy Josh, he paddles back to the ramp. He, he gets off his kayak. And... Uh, it was a Durbin that asked him to go get him a Dr. Pepper or something. I forget. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. A bottle yeah, so, of water probably because it was like a hundred degrees out. Oh, so, so I, I think Josh, Josh got off the water cause he wasn't feeling good. Cause it was like a hundred degrees out. Right? It was terrible. And, and so he's like halfway dehydrated and one of the guys, I can't remember who it was, but somebody was at the boat ramp like, Hey man, will you go get me a bottle of water, bring it back. And, and Josh is on his last leg. He's already feeling like crap. He's like, yeah, man, I'll go get you a bottle of water. So he walks what 150 yards to the campsite. Yeah. It's water walks 150 back. And then he's like, I'm, I think I want to go get some pizza. So he goes to the commissary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's in his, in his tent, you know, 100 degrees out, and then he's sick as a dog. He ends up getting sick, then going back oh, and fishing. Man. It was comical, man. It was, I mean, that's the kind of stuff for me. It's like tournament fishing, I, I, it has its place, really, no doubt yeah. about it. It definitely has its place, and it's definitely grown big time. But for me, it's I'm an adventure guy. I want the adventure. I want the camping. I want the hanging out, man. I want the making a fire on the riverside. I want that kind of stuff. That's yeah, So sure. with this whole rebranding of jackson jackson adventures that really that really rings to me i'm like okay now i feel like i have that place where i fit in even more now you know yeah so that's what i'm looking forward to but i know i took that and went to left field on it but uh so man jack of all trades you hunt you fish you do photography you've been out of the country for jackson (laughs) you do i mean uh, um you do some stuff like, uh, forgive me, I don't remember the exact name of it, but you helped, you help people who are maybe disabled or have handicaps, and you that, helped them get. As them. paddle for tomorrow, um, and, oh, right. and that was a that was a great group, and and I still try to help out as much as I can. The 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 they're more north of me, so it's difficult to get to them. And and the last thing they did it over Macon, uh, we were on outage, so I couldn't go. But they actually do. They help out. 
um, any anybody you know special needs community they they help out uh, wounded warriors they they do you know even just just underprivileged kids uh, and give them a chance to get out on the water and they they uh, they my my company Southern Company has actually given them a grant or two to help out try to they help buy them a trailer uh, to haul some of the boats around to different organizations and and it's it's a neat thing they actually um, their efforts is what gave Georgia their Special Olympic kayak team um, oh, wow. with, with those them helping to hold the events that they have over over in uh, on Lake. Oh, it begins with a T. It's over by by Macon. So just Lake Lake T and Macon. But uh, <laughs> uh, we've been over there several times to to help out with those events. And I mean, it just it's awesome. And and you know, paddling here um, with a uh, we had a beep ball team, which is a blind softball team. They they actually listen to the ball coming at it with the audible noises and the bases beep. So they they're they're totally unsighted. We got to put those them in the water and and watching how they adapt and just, you know, now if once they know their safe zones, you know, just by the way the wind's hitting them, they know which direction to go or listening to the cars on a bridge one way and they know which direction to go and you can't catch them. You know, and I, I went there thinking that I was going to be of some help, but you know, in, in the, in a roundabout way, I was the one that was helped that day seeing, you know, the different abilities of folks and, and how they adapt and prove that, man, they, they got life to live. Just, just get out of their way. And it was, it was pretty daggum awesome. I've, I've been blessed to have a, a few adventures with them. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, man. So I've never heard of beatball. That's, that's yeah. Great. Look, look it up. Chicago Comets is the name of the team, and uh, and and they they literally listen to the ball coming at them. But everybody in the crowd's got to be quiet. You can't cheer when they hit because when they hit, the base beeps, and uh, and they have to go where the players have to get to the ball that's beeping. Uh, and if the player gets to the ball first, he's out. If he gets to the base first or she gets to the base first, they're safe. And oh, it, wow. it, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> That's badass, man. That's pretty incredible. I mean, I don't know, man. You you would, you know, like you said, you would think sometimes folks with disabilities, you'd be there, like you said, you'd be there to help. And really, you were the hindrance, right? Yeah, <laughs> That's right. basically yeah. how you broke that down. It's kind of funny. Like, I mean, just last night I was watching some documentary. This dude, uh, uh, he was out hiking in like Montana or something, got electrocuted, lost his arm, bolt shot out of his head had a huge thing whatever you're talking about the cook yeah 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 the yeah. Chef. yeah the chef he's dude. on meat eater with steve Rinella. Yeah. yeah dude yeah. Yep. craziest thing ever but it's like it, it's so funny man like you know in that thing and i think a lot of pe- folks that have hindrances like that you know it, it's not a hindrance to them it's it's a it's a boost of energy a boost of uh uh, what's the word I'm looking for, man? Where it's just like that's what drives them, and and they oh, yeah. end up driving right past every normal Joe, dude. And I think that's awesome. I love those stories, man. What we see is like a tragedy. They see as it, it, it was a blessing, just like you said, yeah. it wasn't a tragedy. Yeah, it was something that made them go further in life than they what they've probably done before yeah. the tragedy. Yeah, exactly. You know? That's thanks. <laughs> so. Uh, that, out of that that bucket it was like a, a drum yeah and, they, and somebody put a drum over a bunch of electric lines that were there that were exposed electric wires and so he saw that bear in there and he's like well what the hell is there a bear doing in there and he went to to cut the 
the claw off of the bear. As soon as he touched that bear, he got lit up. Yep. So, oh, man. Yeah, and so they found it. I think he, he stumbled home. It took him, like, what, two or three days. You could you could listen to the podcast on Steve Rinell's, but the guy's name, I believe, there's is Eduardo a, something. Well, yeah, there's a documentary. It's on Amazon Prime right now. Yeah. It's free. I'll look up the name here in a minute. But uh, he, like, videotaped all this stuff, like, while he was in the hospital, like, going through it. Yeah. Like, you see his injuries, and you're like – what the hell like dude yeah. lost a rib uh they had to like take part of his forehead and move it up to the top of his yeah, head electricity shot out of the top of his head yeah wow. yeah it's it crazy was, it was insane man mm-hmm. sorry i didn't mean to sidetrack but i mean that was <laughs> something i saw last night i was like watching it and i was just totally memorized because this guy is like out hiking and climbing you know bouldering uh out in montana he was in Arches National Park or something, like wow. climbing climbing boulders, man. And it's like he's like, This ain't gonna stop me. I'm gonna keep yeah. doing what I've always done and then some. He's got man. a hook too. Yeah. A hook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A hook and he's out there doing all that. Yeah. Totally good for him, yeah. man. Impressive. Human beings are awesome. Their ability yeah. to over, to overcome is awesome. Oh what all right, man. So I I know a lot about you from YouTube basically you know what i mean and then now i have you on facebook and now so i've been part of the jackson team you know i've been following you more but it's it's i've been kayaking going on six years man and, and you were you were the source and, and you put these videos up and it's you're you're, you're catching show bass or you're catching you know gar like you said you're catching regular bass but it's not that you're out there fishing, man. You're out there having the adventure. And I think that's what people were drawn to. And then you're like, Hey man, I got this boat. This is why I got it. This is why I like it. This is what I would change about it. This thing is heavy. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) on the big boats. And, but you said, you know, the way you explain the weight is such a perfect compromise. You're like, okay, it's heavy. You're not going to feel it in the water though. The only time you're going to feel the weight is loading it and unloading it, you know? And, And you're right. You know, at the time I was 260. I was a big dude too. And my first kayak experience was terrible. It was absolutely <laughs> terrible with a crap kayak, you know. And, and it was out of fear of going through that experience again that I started researching kayaks for big dudes. You know right. what I mean? Like, what's the most stable kayak? And then Jackson, Big Rig. Okay, you get on YouTube, you look at Big Rig, and then you find Chris Funk. And you're like, oh, that dude's part of Jackson. He, in his intro, I know all of his videos. Do, 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 do. Then the water splash, you know what I mean? And then there's Chris Funk. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I just know your stuff, you know what I mean? So, and, and they're all great videos, and you, you're picking up, you know, kayaks, you're picking up the big rig, you're doing the comparison, you're doing the Kusa versus the Kusa HD, you're doing the big rig versus the Kusa HD, you know, you're doing all these walkthroughs, and it's great. But the, the adventure of what you do, I think, is what draws a lot of people to, especially the swamp, because you're not shy about your gator adventures in the swamp, and you're not shy about one of these big, one of these big freaking gator scares you now we we had dustin nichols one of our teammates what how long ago was that that we had him on uh i think that was about a month ago yeah 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 and he was talking about gators too and i'm like no you know i think i've hit you on hit you up on facebook talking about swamp fishing because i'm scared to death but it's something i have to experience and you know you're like and it was in the summertime you're like don't come down now you'll get ate up but Uh, how do you do it, man? Cause you, you get close to these gators. How it's, do you, it's one of, I mean, like for the most part is, is when, when we're in the swamp, you know, usually it's starting in October now. I mean, and the reason we don't go is not because of the gators and the hot weather. It's because of the yellow flies, yellow flies are evil. 
I mean, that, they come straight from the, the gates of hell. They've got a, a ice pick in one hand and, a, and a, a pocket knife in the other. When they land, they take a chunk out of you. And, uh, and I mean, they're just, you don't want to be there because of the yellow flies. The gators are, are, are just a secondary threat compared to a yellow fly. But, uh, but you know, and I don't mind them that bad. You just got to know that, that they're, they're kind of like them creepy folks in Walmart. You know, if, if, if everybody's minding their own business, we're all good. But if you get one that's following you a little too close, that's the one that's going to be the hazard, you know, and, uh, and, and you don't want that one that's sticking too close to you. And if, if you're fighting a fish, you know, when it's warmer months, they're going to come. I mean, it's like a dinner bell. They've learned, they've acclimated. It's, it's just like the dolphins following the, the charter boat. They've learned that those people are going to be releasing red snapper all the time because they can't keep them hardly ever. And, yeah. and they've learned they're going to follow them. So the gators are the same thing. They, If somebody's fighting a fish, they know they can get to that fish before that person gets them in the boat a lot of the times. So they it's a train. You know, it's not as, as bad as somebody feeding them, you know, which is by far the most dangerous thing that, that anybody could ever do to a gator because then they recognize people as a food source. But what they do down there is when they hear that fish splashing, they come to it. So if, if I'm fighting fish in, in any of the warmer months, even you know in October, if it's still warm down there, I'll get them in the boat as fast as possible. I use that, that landing net. You know, I've got that yak attack net that I can drop in real quick, get them in and over where they're not sitting there just flopping on the side of the boat. And, and the gator will come once he sees the fish get up in the boat, he's done. He'll turn. He's, it's no longer interesting to him. So he'll turn and go away. But, uh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. know either. I, I Here's what I'm thinking: if you I'll... if you spent five minutes in the swamp by the in the first five minutes paddling out, you'll see a two footer, four footer, three footer, whatever going out. By the time you hit the first eight footer, you'll be like, "Oh my gosh, there's a gator." Well, then the very next turn is going to have five twelve footers around it. By the time you paddle past twenty or thirty of them, you'll be like, "Oh, it's just another gator." You know, you're right. <laughs> yeah, the clock right here on my life vest. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like up here in the north, it's like, "Oh, there's a duck. There's a swan. Oh, there's another <laughs> goose. There's another yeah. goose." I can't imagine like those ducks and geese being gators. I don't know. There's just something messed up about that. Here's what I'm thinking too. You know, like you're you're in the swamp and you're on you're on your blue sky. And they like to perch up and sunbathe. Yeah, right. So exactly. Look, it's a nice flat blue sky. I mean yeah. that's perfect. And it look there's a there's a big two hundred and sixty pound meal up here. I ain't gotta do shit. But Dude, <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one that's been thinking that way, you know? Like I don't well, know. That they when they come off the bank, you know, as you're paddling along, I, I try not to run right by the bank because they will come off pretty fast. And I don't know if y'all saw that in one of my blue sky videos. You could see the gator comes out and he goes down, and I'm I figure it's fine because he's going down. And he popped up. I kid you not, he was six feet in front of the boat, uh. and he popped up. And when I I grabbed the camera and swung it on him, you could see that he was blind on that near eye, and he couldn't see me. And that's that's when I, I was like, oh, this is going to be a bad situation. And I started backpedaling as fast as I could. And all you hear is the, the, the foam and the thrashing where the gator takes off in front of me. But, yes, that one almost cost me a set of underwear. Oh, <laughs> gosh, I could not imagine. So have they ever tried to, like, beat you, like, dock you? Have they ever tried mm -hmm. to come up on your boats? No, never have. I, you know, right. and, and, uh, and, and I tell folks the worst thing you can do, you know, of course, you run over one in shallow water. 
um, you know, Dustin run over that manatee down there and it threw him clean up in the air down on the, uh, on the, on the, uh, uh Wakulla river. And that's what a gator is going to try to do. They're just trying to get away from you. Um, uh, it's not that they're trying to knock you out of the boat or anything. They're trying to leave the vicinity. And, and, uh, and that's, that's always a concern for me is when I'm paddling up in the pads down there in the swamp is I, I want them to know that I'm there. So I, I specifically make, I, I, I don't mind clanging my boat a little bit. I don't mind talking. And if, if, as I'm drifting, you know, after I'm dealing with a fish, if I'm drifting into the weeds, I'm always talking. I want to, you know, it's not because I'm half crazy. It's because I, I want those gators to know that somebody's coming up. I don't want to surprise one of them. So it's kind of like a bear, right? Where you're supposed to act, you know, be loud and act big and this and that. To, that's, to, to that's, I just figure, you know, I've been doing this for years and I ain't been eat yet. So it's worked for me. <laughs> that's good. That's good. I mean. So I, I didn't know this this Dustin Manatee story. I think I think you need to share that with us because I mean Dustin's one of our new co-hosts here. You know, on on paddling. Yeah, I didn't hear that either. Yeah, we were we were paddling. It was late in the evening, heading back over toward camp, and just run over one uh, in shallow water, uh, and and just you know, and that's what they'll do. If you ever Google the uh, 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 kayaker run it because it's actually a guy on a stand up paddle board. But he, he runs over a manatee, and you'll see it just shoots him straight up in the air. And I mean, you got two thousand pounds of a uh, of sea cow, you know, moving in that in that in that water, uh, and there it's like a, a big torpedo. So that's what it, it's it's definitely not <laughs> to me. I'm more concerned about them than I am about gators, just because of it's amazing how fast. That unlike this fat creature, that those fat creatures can get. I mean, they can water and roll. Wow. Please tell me you got pictures that. of that. You got oh pictures. no, it was oh. it was dark. It was just about pitch. We all had our lights up. It was just about pitch black dark, and uh, and that's why you know. It, so there's there's no video of that. It would have been awesome, but <laughs> he had to have freaked out. He had to have freaked out. I did at that first boondoggle down there in Cars Park. There was a guy that hooked up with a fly line, and he had and and he came zipping by me in a cuda. And and I he was hooked to a manatee and didn't realize you know that that he that there was one in the area that snagged it and he couldn't break his tippet and he was about to cut his eighty dollar fly line and I caught up to him in the big tuna and grabbed the back of his boat and turned sideways to give just enough drag to straighten out that hook but I mean he had his knife he was he was about ready to cut that that high dollar fly line but he was thankful to have me as a, a drag anchor behind him. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> you well, camp out in the swamp too, right? Oh yes, sir. There's only there's only five platforms out there, and so only five parties at a time, because that's a permitted camping area. You know, there's so there's a, it's go a, it's in detail about platforms, because most okay. of us camp up here north. We're campgrounds. We're on the ground, right? right? So tell us a little bit about that. The platforms are called chickies, actually, um, and chicky is is a Native American word, and it's just a raised platform it's like no different than a dock um and 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 yes they're only about 12 inches off the water and and it is not unusual to have resident four or five alligators underneath them and uh and you 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 get your permit uh i think there's four tickies and two islands that you can go to um and and they're you know one of them's named mixon's hammock and then you know different areas that they've got down there but you you have a path that you travel it's either a a, a a one-day trip, a two-day trip, up to a five-day trip that you can take out there, and and each person is permitted to be in the swamp during that time. So after five o'clock in the evening, when the swamp closes, 
uh, the only people out in the swamp are those that have the permit to be on those camping uh, platforms. And, and we've done that on a couple of occasions and, and it is just an incredible, it's an incredible place. And, and it's, it's, it's awesome because you'll, you'll be sitting there laying at night and you'll hear a frog, you know, they have a lot of pig frogs down there and they sound exactly like a pig grunting, you know, and you'll just hear this grunt, 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 grunt. And then you'll hear this clap and it gets really quiet. <laughs> it's like, no, okay, that one just got turned into summer. You know? <laughs> so where but, exactly uh, is this? It's the Okefenokee Swamp. And it's 438,000 acres down in southeast Georgia and the north end of Florida. So it, it actually goes from from Florida into Georgia or from Georgia into Florida. And uh, and in that 438,000 acres, you know, it's it's uh, there's there's two entrances that we go into. Uh, the east side is over in uh, uh, Folkston and the west side's in, in uh, Fargo, Georgia. And I like I like the one in Fargo, Georgia at the Stephen C. Foster State Park, which is Usually what we do is just day trip. We, we go down our camp for, you know, three or four days in the, in the park and we can fish out of the, out of there on a Billy's Lake, which is the first big open body of water that you come to, or we'll go fish the Suwannee Seal, which is the headwaters to the, the Suwannee River. And then we go back to camp and, you know, eat good campfire, just kick back, relax and, and get up and do it all again the next day. But, uh, I'm not behind Yellowstone. Uh, I think the Okefenokee's got to be my most favorite place on earth. And I, I keep telling my bride she's going to retire there, but she's she's not convinced of it yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, but it is a beautiful place. Yeah. I mean, how many gators have you hooked into and brought to the boat? I always see that yeah. on Facebook, too. And, and I have only had one actually steal a fish from me down there. So in all of my... Years of going and and multiple multiple trips, I have only had one encounter where where I, I had one steal a fish from me. Um, my nephew down there last year was actually bumping a worm on the bottom, had a hit, set the hook, and and you know thought it was going to be a nice bowfin. And when he got it up, it was a, a two and a half foot gator. Well, as soon as he pulled it up, he he didn't know what to do with it, but Mama was coming because that gator oh. started hollering. And the big one, I, I told him, I said, back up, back up, you know, and, and he got him up the hill and I grabbed the baby gator and unhooked it and took it back down to the water's edge and pitched it where mama could see that the gator was released. But uh, that's the only time we've ever had any run-ins down there. Now, I've, I've been a part of some gator hunts here in Alabama and Georgia. And uh, the last threw a hook over was uh, 12 foot, four inches long and weighed 650 pounds. And had a, a 44 inch tail the circumference so bigger than my gut and, and that was a uh, an absolute giant and that one was that's when i quit gator hunting because that was too much like work <laughs> the tail was 44 inches around 44 inches around yes sir. That's, that's bigger than my waist yeah he was, he was an absolute giant he was grown a dinosaur i'll stay in illinois <laughs> man Screw that. Gator hunting's real big down there, though. Yeah. It's real big in Florida too. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. They taste good. I've had gator. I've never had fresh gator. I've had gator at a restaurant, but it's good. The best meat is is in the jaws. It's a real lean, real, real, just a clean white meat, and it is outstanding. Yeah. There's a <laughs> there's a company local here. They're always at the fishing shows, and they do a alligator, uh, like beef sticks, almost phenomenal, dude phenomenal Man. that's the only time i've had gator i'm not cool 
I like I like eating critters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No what's your What's your favorite fish? Is it bowfin? Is that your favorite eating fish? No, eating fish. Believe it or not, it'd probably be it. It had to be a crappie. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know what you know. Depending on where you're at, crappie, crappie, sockeye, or you know, wherever you're at, who what they call them. But uh, uh, for me, it's crappie. And then I, I if I can get a, a decent fillet inside of crappie, I'd, I'd knock the sides off that thing in a New York minute. But uh, behind that is a, a and I you heard me call them McDonald's bass, but little yeah. small spotted bass. Now I release. You know the good good spots, but anything about a pound to, to half a pound in that size right there is is a fine eating critter. And I don't and, think I've ever ate bass before. Crappy, yeah, yeah but never bass. And it's it, they're different than a largemouth. You know the the so I, I release almost all of my largemouth, and of course I release every shoal bass I catch. But uh, spotted bass in my area are actually an invasive species, and yeah. they're they're interbreeding with our sholies. And they're displacing largemouth, and we've got a really, we got a, a almost an epidemic, which is hard to believe. It's kind of like saying you got an epidemic of pigs when when everybody likes shooting them and eating them, but uh, we've got an epidemic of spots in our area that are actually detrimental to our shoal bass, and uh, so I don't mind you know taking a few meals of those every, every chance I get. Nice. <laughs> you breading those up and frying them, or? Yes. Yeah, sure. Well, there it's a real dense white meat, so okay. I'll, I will. I'll either roll them in some Cajun shake and fry them that way. But they're excellent blackened, um, and that's what I like to just instead of doing them like a a, a a fishier or oilier fish like a sea trout or something. I only put the blackening seasoning on one side of them, and I'll pan sear them real hot, and then serve them over some brown rice with a shot of lime juice on them, and it, it it'll make you fight. Man, I got about now. 10 pounds worth of crappie in the freezer. I took my son crappie fishing for the first time, and my buddy owns a charter boat. He, he so we had you know six rods on the boat, and six rods were down. And once we were we going through schools of thousands, you know, 10,000 crappie. <laughs> yeah. So, man, I like I like eating them, but there's so much work to fillet. You know, you yeah. don't get a lot of meat, and I'm not the best fillet guy as it is, but you know, it's it's they are good though. I I like hybrid <laughs> hybrid stripers. <laughs> Sorry, I had a dog jump on a cat behind me. Scared me. <laughs> That's right. That's, That's right. My dog howled one time on one of these things. Rickett, yeah. Ricketts thought there was a werewolf coming to eat. I'm me. looking it's out the good. window. I was like, is that a werewolf? I don't even know what. <laughs> Just my dog. Just my yeah. dog. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, hybrid stripers, they're good to eat uh, up here. Catfish, of course, but, you know, then we got crappie. That's really the only fish that people really eat up here. Walleyes, man. Walleyes. Wall yeah, walleyes. See, I've never caught a walleye. I've never had a walleye. I, I, yeah. I understand over near the Jackson factory on that uh, on that lake here at, uh, at the Rock Island State Park, they're supposed yeah, yeah. to be a really good walleye run every year. And I still have yet. That That's on my species list. I I finally caught my first muskie, so I was, you know, a couple of years ago, I was tickled about that. But I definitely, yeah. walleye is high on my list. So, yeah. If you want good walleye fishing, Lake Erie or Green Bay, Wisconsin, those mm -hmm. two spots right there. It's so funny up here, you know, like I'm in northern Illinois, so I'm I'm literally 10 minutes from the border of Wisconsin. And, you know, the, the thing is, is a lot of guys around this area, they'll travel up into Canada to go walleye fishing. And they'll come back, and it's like, oh, what'd you get, man? And they're like, ah, oh, biggest fish was 25, 26 inches. I'm like, dude, I've caught multiple 26-inch fish 
three and a half hours away on Green Bay. You know, and it's the same thing. Lake wow. Erie, Lake Erie, man, that's you want to talk about a, a fishery that was a dead sea and then came back to life and is just flourishing right now. It's unbelievable what they've done up there, you know. Lake Erie right. used to be a garbage dump, and when they went through, right. cleaned that stuff up, redid all that. I mean, first time I I fished Lake Erie, I caught a like a four and a half pound smallmouth. I caught a, a couple walleye over twenty six inches, which is a big fish, and then uh, also caught some steelhead as well, man. I mean, wow. just a phenomenal fishery. And I know a gal that runs a charter service out there that yellow perch man like 12 to 15 inches all day long that's insane i've never had perch either i heard that was good never had perch never had walleye never had saw guy (laughs) dude around here they call the perch milk fish you know and it's rare to catch them over 10 inches long but if if i get them big enough knock sides off I, i will that's a good eating critter heck yeah man heck yeah what what is a uh a bowfin tastes like it is a super white meat there's no no fishiness to it at all really? um it's got a softer texture you know it doesn't have as much bite to it okay uh, which is why some folks call them cotton fish but it uh, uh it's just a softer flesh but i mean the, the ones we've had now now you know we're catching them fresh i mean most of them you know you got to knock them in the head to clean them i mean they're still alive so yeah. they're you know, we're, we're cleaning them fresh and I, I fry them hard, but every person that I've had, even going, uh, eating with like against a, a war mouth or a flyer, which is, uh, two other species that are real prevalent down in the swamp. But, um, those type fish or even the small black catfish, which are a really, really good eating fish down in that area. Every person that's tried them has bypassed those other three super good eating fish to get back to the bowfin. Really? Wow. Yeah. And so nobody I mean, me. It's all like a, you know, it's this old wives' tale that says, you know, eh, it's a cotton fish or eh, it's bony. It's not bony. You won't find a bone hardly at all. They're almost like a, a cartilaginous fish where they, they don't have a whole lot of a skeletal structure. You know, like like a gar, if you've ever cleaned into a gar, there's there's just not a lot of bones in them. It's just a straight piece of meat. And, uh, and it, it's worth doing. <laughs> that's crazy man i mean we got them up here uh i've caught one on the mississippi river i don't know they're just an ugly looking fish they, f- they, they fight like crazy oh and hard-headed golly they yeah. ain't nothing but bone and teeth on the head yeah. that, that's the reason yeah. they're so hard to set the hook into you know we for the longest time we were trying to do it with the heavier hook the heavier hook and a buddy of mine rob kyle told me about a, a, a fishing with a lighter wire hook so that it would actually bend and search to find a, a spot to catch some purchase before it popped out of their mouth and when we downgraded the 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 thickness of the wire on our hooks we actually our hookup ratio went way up higher interesting uh, yeah. yep huh. things you learn <laughs> i heard gar was really good to eat too though it is now it's uh it's like i said it, it's one of them i split them down the back and take the back straps out of them and it's it is a very dense fish. Its its texture is more like lobster yeah. or shrimp. And, you know, it's a very dense fish. But now it's one that's really good for grilling. It'll it'll hold up on a grill very well. Mm-hmm. Interesting. A lot of that's people a... just throw them up on the beach. And, you know, yeah, not like people eat them. But you ever ate gar, Brian? Never ate gar. I mean, you know, pike's the same way. Northern pike. They're they're kind of like real lobstery and. 
you know, they're a real slimy fish. They do have a lot of bone in them. And uh, just this past winter, you know, uh, Jay Randall, we were talking about this. You know, Jay is a goofy character, and he comes over to my house, and he's like, bro, we're going to go ice fishing, and we're going to put a tip-up out with a hot dog on it. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? He's like, dude, Pike, they're going to, they're going to, whatever. There's a YouTube video on our YouTube station, Jay catching a big old Northern Pike on a hot dog. So we bring it back and he's like, let's fillet it up and cook it. And I'm like, all right, you know, like I've never filleted a Pike. And he's like, well, dude, I got a YouTube video right here. Shows how to do it. <laughs> I'm like, all right, Jay, let's go. Let's go. And I tell you what, dude, it, it it's kind of like that lobstery meat. I mean, we, uh, I, I pan seared it in like a, a little bit of olive oil and I, I cut, I diced it up in chunks and we ate tacos. We use that as the meat and tacos, dude. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Now we're pike all tacos. About, what's that? I said now you're all about pike tacos. Yeah, yeah. dude, <laughs> dude. I mean, we're all about it down here or up here. So, was that your cat again? Yeah. It's I thought all... that was a little baby. I was like, yeah, dude, your kid's no, crawling around. No, it, I we we have a, a a baby big dumb dog here, and that, that doesn't want to stay off the cat. So that is hilarious. Uh, my my boy's dog Thor has decided to make sport of my poor Chihuahuas and the cat. So, but that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> oh hey, man. Come here. Let me see. Let's see that. There we go. Special <laughs> guest. Yeah, big goofy. Come ahead. <laughs> That's a cute That's dog, man. Heck yeah. He's a man. <laughs> He's back on the cat again. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, Brian, what, you got any more questions? Yeah, what kind of adventures you got coming up, man? What, what can we see coming out of Camp Funk in the near uh, future, man? My first thing is I've got to get back down to the swamp. That's uh, that's that's hopefully going to be next month. That, you know, that Winter time is the best because it keeps the bugs down. Uh, to get down there. And then also the wildlife is a little bit more, you know, you got to think if, if, if you're not worried about getting eaten by gators, you, you tend to be a little bit more frivolous with your activity. So otters come out, you'll see a lot more deer in the water and a lot of different things like that. You'll see a lot more wildlife in that area. That's cool. Um, and uh, so I'll, I'll be heading that way. And then uh, hopefully Jameson Redding and I'll be going down to Point O'Shane here and, you know, pretty soon chase some reds. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that trip again. Yeah. Uh, and then down with Sissa, I'm hoping to hit back down there around February when the fish start spawning. Because I I didn't get a, a big green fish this trip. I caught a couple of nice swanies this past trip, but I'm I definitely wouldn't mind getting back on on one of the big green ones. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. gators are not active in the wintertime. They're they're out, but they're they don't feed if their if their body temperature drops below, uh, and I, I think it's in the 80s 85. They can't digest their food. So they'll be out and they'll be swimming, but they will not feed and they're not aggressive. So wow. the otters will swim around them. They'll swim. Then they, they won't feed. They won't try to come after your fish. They won't do anything. All they want to do is stay warm, digest whatever they ate through the summer and fall and, and stay alive. And, but they will not start feeding again until usually on end the, the end of March and into April when, when things warm up, when their body temperature rises. I will come fish with you then. 
Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Invitation's open. I'll tell you, if, if, if you do, and you, you know, the, I had a, uh, uh, Jim Sammons down there and, uh, and Will uh, from, from, uh, from Jackson. Yeah. So I had a Canadian and a Californian, which it was, it was almost like this was some sort of a, a bar joke, you know, a, a Canadian, <laughs> Californian, uh, and an Alabama redneck go to the swamp. But uh, I, I think both of them got to see, you know, you get to see why somebody appreciates something. And sure, I, I said in one of my videos, you know, that, that it's a it's a place that some folks say it's it's God forsaken, but to me it ain't. It's it's a it's just it's a place that that He's put so many neat critters and and the the flora, the fauna, you know, just the experience. And then for me, you know, as I, I work in an industrial setting, so I'm always around noise. To, to be in a place that's so quiet that you can hear your own heartbeat, your own blood pumping through your veins, it, you know, I just, I love it. And I crave, I crave the wildness of the swamp. Amen, man. Heck yeah. <laughs> and y'all are welcome. Come on. <laughs> I got, I got five more vacation days. I got to burn up before December 31st. Ooh, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and you're only, let's see, it takes me, it takes me seven hours to get to Atlanta from here. So if you're in Alabama, I wonder how many hours it would take. Probably ten. About the same. About the same. Yeah. Yeah. yeah same. For me, it's uh, it's four and a half hours over, and I'm right outside of Columbus, Georgia. Yeah. So you, that's that'd be you're two hours to uh, Columbus from Atlanta. So you could shoot over that away, but uh, you know, and of course, I always tell folks like like they did. I mean, man, I I've got boats, I've got gear. If you could fly down there somewhere, get close, I'll come get you, and we'll go. Yeah. You know, that hey, got hauled, you got one of those like tricat blue blue skies because <laughs> i'll go on that with rickets and then if there's a gator uh, he's going over that's yeah, what i'm saying over. bro <laughs> the and you put the seat really close close to the flag <laughs> oh, you're gonna see the second man known to walk on water you see gator come after me it'll be jesus and me the only two men to do it promise you that <laughs> oh that's cool man well i got i got one last thing and this is something i picked up as we were sitting here talking uh it seems like you're a man of many analogies i think analogies is the correct thing i heard uh dumb as a sack of hammers knock the sides off that in a new york minute you got any other uh, any other good ones you could throw out there for us well, you always got to watch out where you step because things are slicker and house not on a wet limb. That, that's always a good one, you know. <laughs> and if these kayak prices don't settle down, they're all about as high as a giraffe's testicles. So oh, we got to watch that out, too. <laughs> that is the trend with kayaks, man. You yes, think sir. it's the inflation going on with kayak prices. I wish it'd go on in our pockets. You know, exactly. and buy these things. So that was why I love that bite so much. I mean, it, to me, it was a a value in a boat that everybody could afford. You yeah. know, it wasn't yep, something absolutely. that I, I didn't have to sell an arm and a leg to get it. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, now they have the wreck line too, the wreck bite. Right. So mm -hmm. you know, only a hundred dollar difference between that and the fishing. And the, are you going to rock the bite FD? Are you going to give that a shot? No, I'm I'm not as much of a peddler. I've still to me the paddling is is a it's almost medicinal. I I yeah, love yeah. the rhythm, I love the sound. Um, you know, and I I pedaled over in Panama the whole time and I and I, I did better than what I figured I would, but I still would have I'm I'm a I'm a paddler, man. At yes. at heart. I, I love the, the rhythm of it, I love the feel of it. 
I just feel like I'm doing more, you know, when I'm doing that. And, and I, I will probably be a peddler or a paddler until the day that I give all this stuff up and run big boats and trolling motors, you know, <laughs> yeah, right on, right on, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Dude. I don't know. I kind of like both. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's the thing. The beauty is that options, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it's great because, uh, and I, and that's one thing I did learn about that. The Coos FD over in Panama, the first day I was so jacked up and dehydrated. I cramped so bad. I couldn't pedal anyway. So yeah. I paddled it for half the day following all the guys that were pedaling it and, <laughs> and survived, you know, yeah, and, right. uh, I didn't know that the guide had extra water. So I was metering. I was like sipping mine, you know, I'm over <laughs> dying like a California raisin. I'll fill it up. You know, and I, I didn't know that Adam Fisk had, had extra water with him and we get back over there and I'm like, I'm, I just wanted to, did anybody have anything left in their jug? I, I just, I want to lick the cap, you know? And, and uh, he's like, dude, I got all this over here. You know, <laughs> like, I saw about jumped on him to get to that water. But, <laughs> oh, I was so cramped up. I, you know, oh, I yeah. like from Star Wars. <laughs> I find that I like uh, pedaling when I have a lot of water to cover, and I like paddling when I don't. You know, like on, on rivers, paddle all day yeah. long. So oh, I'm yeah, on a river, yeah. I want to be unless it's a big river like the Ohio River, then I'll pedal. Okay. Um, if I if I'm running like that that bait rod, one rod or or, or a troll or whatever, I would say yeah, I'd be I'd be pedaling. But since I if I, when I'm bass fishing, I usually have three rods in front of me, and I'm constantly going back and forth. So yeah. anything pedaling just it's just it doesn't, work. It, it doesn't work out. It's like a, a I'm gonna break something, I'm gonna lose something. It, it just doesn't work out good for me. So I just give me my paddle. <laughs> I'm also a guy who likes organization on my kayak, and I feel like sometimes the pedals get in my way. Yeah, like they they take up that space, and I it just it drives me nuts. I like a clean work area, you know. Yeah, so. I, I organize like an F5 tornado, so that's everything's gonna get tangled <laughs> in my boat. <laughs> oh man this has been a fun one i hate to end this heck one. yeah man heck yeah. <laughs> appreciate um, you having me yeah no no sweat man you want to give a shout out to any of your uh sponsors supporters uh youtube channel social media stuff like that man where guys could go check out your videos and stuff well it's, it's chris funk the feral one is my youtube channel and, and and i i still have it i i don't even get paid for that stuff i have it just free so i, I do it more for my memories and helping other folks out so y'all want to jump on there and, and, and subscribe that'd be cool i, I love seeing that and I, and I love good good comments for folks um and i of course i i mean i still do all this i i still work with jackson and i work with bending branches and i, I love them folks and, and 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 thankful for what they've allowed me to do um i love seeing my work you know to, to hit hit the mark And, and, but the best part about any of this is the people, you know, the, the, the folks that I've met through Jackson that are more like brothers now than, than they were, you know, just fellow teammates to me, that that's, that that's important. And then, you know, and, and sisters too, I mean, Miss Jean down in Florida and, and, and the folks that I've, I've been able to fish with and, and, and hug necks with, and it's just, uh, to me, that's the best part of all of what we do. And I think that's what keeps this community, whether you tournament fish or not, or you pedal or you paddle, or whether you fly fish or Tenkara or whatever, you know, the, the best thing about any of this is is the, the, the blood, sweat, and tears that makes us a family. And if, if we keep remembering that going forward, this will be a good community to stay a part of. Mm -hmm. Amen. 
Brother Funk laying the smackdown on y'all. Yo! <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. Well, we appreciate it, my man. We appreciate you taking the time out to uh, sit down and chat with us this evening. Uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. And uh, yeah, absolutely. I think that about the only time I'm going to go down south to fish is in the winter months when gators are not hungry. So, hey, yeah, come I on. Got... Start in October. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime October to April, then the swamp. We're good. We're good. We're good to go. I'm in. Take me with you. All right. All right. We we can make that happen, my man. We can make that happen. They won't eat you. They're too busy digesting the other body in their belly. So we're. (laughs) (laughs) That's all the rest of the Canadians. (laughs) Oh, man. That's funny. Uh, Plug in your social media, man. You're on Instagram, Facebook. You're obviously on YouTube. So plug Um, that in. It's it's feral one photography on instagram but i'm trying to think it's like it's like feral underscore one underscore photography see y'all got me all sideways i don't even remember all that stuff but uh, <laughs> and i'm pretty i'm pretty easy to find anywhere else but i'm the only chris funk the feral one and the feral f-e-r-a-l like like a wild hog i'm the only chris funk the feral one on youtube so you can find me there yeah nice. <laughs> your, your profile picture on there is like a hatchet or something yeah, yeah. It, it's actually, and that's gator blood on that. Is uh, it? The the story on that one was we had actually got a gator and were posing beside it to take a picture. And when the camera autofocus light came on, I saw the gator's pupil dilate. So I knew he wasn't dead. So I jumped in the truck and grabbed a, uh, it was a throwing hatchet I had left over in there and, and finished him off in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. So, yes, that's alligator blood on that. On that. <laughs> let's hear that story. I was I was gonna say let's wrap it up, but I think when you get ready to take a picture and you see it's like it's like like we a dinosaur. All, yeah, <laughs> you got to we talk were, about that. My my buddies were behind it, and and I was on the camera. You know, f- fixing set the self timer to jump in behind them. And I mean, we've already had the gator in the boat, you know, and everything, and 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 had him out getting take a picture of him. And uh, and when I hit the the start of the self timer, you know, when the light came on for the autofocus on the camera, I saw the gator's pupils dilate. And right as he started, he started to move, and I jumped up the truck, grabbed that hatchet, and come and took him right by the brainstem. So, yeah, <clears throat> so that is actual blood <laughs> on that on that. <laughs> I am not a man. <laughs> How do you compete with this? We have Josiah on before, right? Yeah. He fishes next to grizzly bears. Yeah, Literally comes face to to, he comes face to face with them in the middle of the dark, you know. <laughs> then you got this it, dude just busting out hatchets on gators yeah. as their well, eyes are dilated. Like grasshoppers a whole lot, so it kind of weighs out. You know, that kind of I'm not I'm not a huge fan of grasshoppers, but I will kill gators, so it, you know it all comes out in the wash. So. <laughs> That's, that's my girly man side. I don't like big grasshoppers, so. Oh, that is hilarious. That is too funny. And it's one thing I've known, I've learned being a Jackson teammate, dude, is we have some interesting characters. Members. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Not like, team members, characters. Characters. <laughs> it, it's, it's seriously, it's awesome. It is absolutely yeah. awesome. Yeah. And it, it makes you, it almost, it, it you know, I love my wife. I love my family, but sometimes I wish I was just single so I could just go around the country <laughs> right. and hang out with everybody. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. man, it's 
Sorry, I'm tell honey. my wife, I guess my yeah. birthday is in three weeks, so I'm going to burn some vacation time. I want to try <laughs> to come down there and get some swamping. <laughs> All right, man. Like I said, I, I, I've got a time coming up. Hit me up. I'll let you know when it's going to be. Awesome, man. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Here I get to do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> oh man well with that being said guys until next time tight lines smooth paddling y'all take care go check out the website guys paddle the letter n and fin.com also check out youtube youtube.com forward slash paddle and fin if you got a question comment want to hear from a future guest feel free to email us at paddle the letter n and fin at gmail.com don't forget to Follow us on social media. We're doing giveaways, announcements, things like that at Facebook and Instagram at Paddle and Finn. Shout out to our show supporters, Rocktown Adventures, Loveland Canoe and Kayak, Hammered Lures, Fish Mob Lures, TRC Covers, Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com. You can put the Paddle and Finn logo right on your catch board. Don't forget to go over and pick up your Jig Masters jigs. Use promo code PNF20 and save 20% today. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. It helps grow the audience, helps others find our podcast. So please drop a five-star rating in on the podcast platform you're listening on. Don't forget about the recycled plastics program, you guys. Take your used plastic baits, put them in an envelope, mail them to the address in the show notes. Our man Eric Richards at Hammered Lures melts those down, makes new baits, and donates them to various chapters of Heroes on the Water. Did you know you could help support the podcast by going to patreon.com forward slash paddle, the letter N, and fin. You could also do so by going to anchor.fm forward slash paddle, the letter N, and fin.